Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So if this is your first time tuning in, I want to take a moment and pause and just welcome you to the Kelly family. And I want to give you some insight as to why we exist because this whole show exists for you. As organizational leaders, there are always questions we're wrestling with. There are steps we're trying to take. There's strategies we're wanting to explore. Heck, there's just questions we want answered. So if you want to get your questions answered, if you want to engage with some of our faculty, or you know of an individual who would make a great guest for our show, send us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-E-P-U-I dot E-D-U. Well, on this show, we have taken quite a few passes at social media. We've taken quite a few passes at understanding how to better our social media presence. But we're going to take a different pass this time because we are going to explore more of the undercurrents that kind of guide social media behavior, not just from organizations, more specifically from consumers. You know, what happens when a great campaign works. You know, it's usually one of those most unlikely things, those unlikely campaigns that just seem to create the most buzz on social media, that seem to garner the most attention on social media, that seem to gather a ton of people, which ultimately brings a ton of brand awareness for our organization. But it's not the organization typically that garners the success. It's the people who engage with that content that kind of ripple it through and give it the growth that happens. So today, I am honored to be joined by the professor of marketing at the Kelly School of Business, Brian Vandershee, who specializes in social media. Brian, welcome to the ROI podcast. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. So one thing that's really cool is, you know, for a lot of people who, who don't know, unless they're your students, you know, you spend a lot of time in social media. In fact, you did your dissertation uh, for your doctorate, you know, on social media and social media behavior. So kind of kind of start the, the framework as to, you know, what do you find that's the most interesting uh, when it comes to this relationship between uh, businesses and consumers? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think sometimes businesses are hesitant to engage in social media because they're fearful of losing control, that consumers could make negative posts or something goes viral that's really bad. However, most companies that are already engaged in social media have seen that really any comment is an opportunity to build a relationship. So whether it's a negative comment or concern someone has, there's an opportunity to engage in a conversation and resolve any misperception or situation and reward people for uh, their their interaction and engagement. So it can then go from there in a positive way. And so, you know, you, you spent a lot of time obviously studying that dynamic and study the relationship between, you know, brands and consumers, you know, but, but you've also spent a lot of time kind of understanding the consumer buy-in, you know, what factors like that, that really kind of motivate uh, people to engage with content in the first place. So let, let's start kind of unpacking some of that. You know, what are some of the factors, you know, that go into people buying into a certain social trend or, you know, buying into uh, content within social media? Sure. So one of the motivations for consumers is to look for information. 
So traditionally, or some time ago, it would be on a desktop using Google and then it's trans transformed to mobile. Uh, but now it, consumers are doing it in social. So they're looking for information, partly for the functional content, like they just want to know directions, pricing, product options. But then also there's a bit of a opportunity to then share that information with others. So that's another motivation is information sharing. Like, well, why would someone want to do that? Well, partly to be a good consumer citizen, to be a friend, to be uh, viewed positively. But there's also a little bit maybe of a selfish component where if we like to be recognized for things. So for athletes, it's performing well in the field. For performers, it's doing great on the stage. And then for other individuals, it's being known for their consumer or marketing knowledge. So sometimes it's a conscious thing. And sometimes it's just a inside motivation. You feel good about being recognized. You make a post of information you found. People like it or respond. And it does something you know, psychological, emotional for you that you feel good about it. So consumers are searching for information. But then they're also looking to share information. So those are two of the motivations behind consumers engaging with brands online. And then, you you know, we were talking um, off air. You had a couple other uh, pillars, if I, if I may call them, you know, that kind of speak to the heart of, you know, this behavior consumer relationship. You know, talk about even just like when we're trust and privacy, uh, you know, where that comes in and how important that becomes or the perception even just of trust and privacy between that relationship, whether that's, you know, consumer to consumer from like a friend level or consumer to customer uh, or consumer to business level. Consumers have a disposition regarding social media trust. So the trust means that the information they're receiving is authentic and true. It's not fake news or some other form of deception. But then social media trust also speaks to the sense that is my information going to remain private? Can I trust that whatever I provide isn't then going to be spent sent to others? I'm not going to be taken advantage of. And so one builds their social media trust through experience and brands would do well and have done well by building this trust with consumers, by assuring them regarding privacy and sticking to it. And then also providing an authentic, uh, transparent representation in social media. And once consumers sense that, then they're more likely to engage with others, but also with that brand in particular. You know, you, you even talk about this idea of social currency. Uh, and I want to kind of talk about, first off, what do you, how do you define social currency? And then what role does that also play within this dynamic? Right. So the degree to which a consumer receives positive feedback and becomes known, they gain a certain sense of power. And this social currency, as I was referring to, talks about uh, how you're viewed as knowledgeable, trusted, a leader, an advocate, a consultant, however you want to define it. And the greater one's social currency, there is a bit of a motivation there, not only just to feel good and to feel like you're making a contribution, but there is a chance to transition from being an organic influencer, which is someone who gives their view on a particular topic, to being a uh, social influencer, where someone's then being paid for their perspective on various issues, including particular products. So the more one gains social currency with followers and likes, uh, endorsements, recommendations, 
there's a greater chance one could become an organic and then eventually a social influencer if that's what they want. And then that becomes um, a source of revenue. One thing that I find fascinating, you know, when we talk about real world interactions, I mean, there's obviously there's so many parallels with social media um, in real world interactions. I mean, it just mirrors that, but just in the digital space, except it seems like, you know, the extremes are are a lot wider, you know, when you come to social media. And what I mean by that is, for instance, uh, brand makes a boo-boo on social media. Maybe they post something out that is just doesn't get the right traction they thought, or maybe it's interpreted, you know, they have this, you know, interpretation because words you can't really put emotions behind or intent behind and intent does not match how people are portraying you know which creates a massive massive gap um or distrust so you know in in real like conversations and and relationships and like real world settings people are able to obviously work hard rebuild trust um, and then hopefully turn a leaf you know with consumers or even with relationships what does that dynamic look like i mean have you done research that talks about, you know, brands that, you know, intentionally or unintentionally get a bad uh, social media, a bad rep. Is there any way of salvaging, you know, that reputation on social media? That's a good question. So there are a few elements of brand that you were alluding to there, uh, one of which is brand trust. And there are a number of them, brand warmth, brand personality. These are all elements that speak to how positively consumers view the brand in general. So that if there happens to be a misstep using social media, the greater your brand trust and your brand equity, the more people are willing to kind of overlook it and say, yeah, they messed up, but I still like them anyway, that's fine. For newer brands that are maybe not as well known uh, or who don't have that same following, a social media misstep is gonna have longer term consequences. And so should that happen, then it makes sense to immediately acknowledge the mistake, not try to cover it up or whatever. I mean, and make amends, you know, offer an apology. And if there is any uh, specific beyond words that they need to do regarding their product or the message that they said, that they go ahead and take action for it. And I think consumers are forgiving if they see that, you know, we're all human uh, and we make mistakes. And then, you know, the, and the degree to which there is brand trust and, uh, brand authenticity, authenticity. The more consumers are willing to move forward when something like that happens, you know, and that and that kind of brings into, uh, you know, the next part of that is, you know, social media co- or companies uh, are always trying to adopt a persona, um, and I think too, you know, like we all kind of make our own persona, you know, when we go online. Like we, if I go online and I'm on social media, chances are it's it's kind of my perception of who I think I am kind of embodied in social media. And I think organizations kind of do the same thing. It's who, what am I embodying? What are our values embodying? And that becomes like the persona we, we put ourselves out there uh, for the world to engage in. You know, so what happens when, um, talk about some of those ideas of, of, of persona um, and why that's so important, you know, to make sure that you're not over overshooting your skis, let's say, um, in, in, you know, who you are as an organization or even who you are as a consumer, you know, for everyday people that you're not over promoting yourself or over, you know, shooting um, who you really are. Yeah, there may have been a time when simply building brand awareness was the be-all and end-all. Everyone's got to know about your name, otherwise they wouldn't even consider it. And then promise whatever you can and 
you know, hope for the best. But consumers are a little more savvy. They have access to a wealth of information and they're going to be pretty critical of brands who overpromise. So authenticity means more to consumers than simply having brand awareness. And so companies that are viewed as human, you know, like we talk about the brand personality or the brand persona, is the brand, whether you, whether they are portrayed as a leader, an expert, uh, socially connected, if they're viewed as a friend, like someone who's trying to help you, then it's a natural relationship that builds there. And nobody really appreciates trying to be forced into a friendship or a relationship that doesn't usually go well. It just happens naturally. And so the same goes with social media. If you are posting endlessly product information, trying to sell, it's not going to sit as strongly as say providing content that's of value to consumers about the industry in which they're in, which someone may have a particular interest, whether it's hiking or uh, travel when it's allowed or mm, advancing your education. So when consumers see that you as a brand have their best interest in mind and want to provide value, they're more likely to connect with you than simply because you're a big name. And that gets into the idea of, you know, we see trends like there, there are these campaigns that take off some intentional like you said organic influencers come in do something and it becomes you know the latest buzz the latest craze the biggest thing that everyone's trying to get ahead of to build on some of that momentum uh, that people just engage with so you know from where you've sat and where your research has taken place you know have you found any sort of commonality with what why trends take off or what happens, you know, when, for instance, you know, Ocean Spray uh, runs a campaign with, you know, a guy on a longboard drinking Ocean Spray and, you know, there's a song and that becomes a whole campaign that explodes across the internet. You know, are there any commonalities or things, silver linings that you've seen of what makes something take off? That's hard to predict. That's a challenge because everyone would love for that to happen every time and it doesn't. Uh, sometimes you think it's a really clever, informative, um, heartfelt ad, and it just doesn't kind of go anywhere. And other times it's the simplest thing. And suddenly it seems like everybody wants to see it. So as far as predicting what resonates with consumers, certainly humor makes sense. Uh, you've got to be careful that it's tasteful, but humor, uh, sometimes it's sex appeal. Fear is another motivation uh, but then connection with people seems to be, especially in this time when people are very socially isolated and separated from each other, those connections seem to be what um, helps something really take off as far as views or likes or um, impressions. And then that's great to have a home run, so to speak, on a particular campaign, but it's the sustainability be that's important with social media. Are you maintaining a, a, a regular conversation with your consumers? So if you're just riding off of the one-time big hit and then nothing, it'll drop as quickly as it came in. So they're looking for consumers are looking for, yes, entertainment and connection, but an authentic voice that speaks to them and that they, they feel like they're being seen as a person and therefore they can make that human connection. And that's very fascinating, you know, because I think a lot of times we take that for granted, uh, just as consumers, and I think even more so um, as businesses, is we forget that there's a living, breathing, feeling human 
on the other side of that screen, on the other side of the tweet, on the other side of that Facebook post or what have you. Um, and, you know, sometimes it can get lost in that translation of not just a download, not just a view, not just a like or a share, but it's an actual human interaction. Um, you know, so can I talk about that? You know, what what do you show with how important, you know, emotion uh, plays into that social media dynamic? Right. So with consumer engagement, research has shown <clears throat> that it follows along three dimensions. And so there's the thinking, the feeling, and the acting. So the cognitive or thinking component can be addressed through brand involvement. So does one aware of the brand does, and does one then think of it or have it come to mind when it comes to um, a dis- the, the, the brands they might consider making a purchase from? So there's this thinking or cognitive connection, but then there's a progression through emotion and action. And so my research, I had investigated this brand involvement to ultimately becomes a brand advocate. A brand advocate is someone who is willing to endorse your brand without compensation. So that's great to have people who will just speak positively and you don't even need to pay them. They're very happy to do that. And that progression goes from providing mechanisms for consumers through social media to connect intellectually with the cognitive, but then also the feeling emotion, and then also the um, the action or behavior, which would then be speaking positively. And so one of the ways that um, social media marketers can do that is providing rewards for consumers who do connect. A couple of things. You can make sure there's a mechanism for consumers to build their own presence that's unique to them, that has them as a individual identifier. Also then some form of branding, or sorry, not branding, uh, badging or levels where the more they make a contribution, the more they make, they can be recognized for that, which attaches, which connects with the feeling aspect. And then whatever rewards that come along uh, the way for consumers, they do appreciate that. So that can be uh, a mention in your own branding, or sometimes it's uh, providing an endorsement or a free product or something that would reinforce that behavior. So even though it's in social media, there can be in the physical space, this behavior. So if you provide them with uh, a discount or a coupon, then maybe they make a purchase. So the trans trans transition or progression goes from the thinking to the feeling and the acting and and the the degree to which a brand can make those connections using social media the more they're going to find consumers are engaging with them and then you've got these brand advocates who are speaking well of you because uh, you've earned their trust you know and that does uh, lead to the next part that I want to ask you about is the idea of like getting people to take action because a lot of times it's easy to get the likes you know you, you can put a post out there as an organization uh, you know you can get the likes you can get the comments uh, this is awesome emojis uh, you know but then if you're requiring of someone to say hey you know click this link or buy this product or take that next step you know there seem it can be like a split, you know, so what can happen or what can organizations do that could almost, that can help create those um, action steps or better conversion rates? Uh, Sure. So leading a consumer through what we might call the consumer journey from search to decision point to purchase to follow up uh, by asking for or connecting with little bits of information at a time. 
So on a first reach out, you wouldn't ask for, hey, buy this product and give us all your information. But maybe, right, maybe instead uh, sign up for our news, monthly newsletter or a, a blog post and then move into you know, providing an email address and then complete your profile with us. So it makes it easier to uh, search our products and to make connections with others who have a similar interest in you join our community. So you can move them along in stages over time to get them to the point where you want to be that they'll consider your brand when they're looking to make a purchase in your particular brand category and uh, they'll make that connection. So I think that helps with bringing people along slowly. And I do want to emphasize that you provide value to consumers along the way. Any brand that just says, hey, buy our stuff, click here. We we want to have all this um, these great measures to show we're engaging with our consumers. Consumers see through that pretty quickly and move on, move along. So they're looking for something that provides value in the content and the engagement so that they feel like, hey, we're, you know, like we're friends, you're a brand and you're making money, but just like you can be friends with your personal trainer or your real estate agent or your banker, you can, there, there can be the same um, sort of connection with your brand using social media. I, I want to switch a little bit and talk about, you know, what you've seen. I mean, obviously you study organizational uh, behaviors on social media. You study consumer social media's um, social media behavior, you know, so where have you seen organizations totally miss the mark? You know, what are organizations do or what are some tendencies or interactions or things that maybe come from places of good intentions to generate buzz or to generate interaction yet totally miss the mark when it comes to implementing on social media? Right. So one of the things, and this might be typical of businesses that are have limited resources, is not engaging the conversation at all. So I talked about that earlier where they don't have a social media presence and figure, well, either they don't know how to use it or they don't see a benefit or they're afraid of there being a negative uh, interactions. So another is going for the big hit and have something that's the buzz and it's popular and it's great, but then there isn't like a sustainable plan of communications over a time period. And so your staff, your marketing staff maybe are, struggling to figure out well what's next what are we going to what are we going to do so you can easily use any sort of customer relationship management software platform that will help you develop a calendar of communications that has a logical progression from wherever the consumer is in their journey from introduction all the way through to purchase and then uh being on too many plate you're asking another thing that might not be the best approach or a failure you being on all the social media platforms but not really engaging with consumers on a meaningful level on any of them, or simply providing the same content with the same look on various platforms. So I have students in my undergraduate digital marketing class are doing digital marketing audit for a brand and two competitors. And each week they go through a particular area. And one of the things they were noticing right away, and I agree with him, is where when it comes to the social part, a, a brand will put the exact same post on all their platforms. So someone who is on all those platforms see the exact same thing and they realize that from the consumer perspective, that's not really a value or authentic. And you're not, it's like, you're not even trying. So those are some of the areas I would, I see as pitfalls. Well, and on the other side of the coin, I mean, you have organizations that are crushing it. And I mean, I'd, I kind of want to flip the coin and ask about, you know, organizations that are making slam dunks in social media, you know, what do, what is garnering a lot of that success uh, from your research? 
Okay. Well, yeah, brands that are authentic and have a, a constant or a, a consistent brand message, but then also recognize that you need to meet consumers where they are in time and space. So the time of day matters, which platform they're likely on at various times of day, and that there are still consumers who are, they'll regularly check email, others don't, but then know which channel is the most appropriate for that consumer and reach them in that place. So then you can continue the conversation with them and not have to try to do the guesswork of, well, are they even seeing it or not? And so something we haven't talked about so far is uh, measurement, you know, assessing what is successful, what is making a difference and doing some, some experimenting and testing and seeing, you know, is this brand message work better? Or is this one, is this, is this uh, a platform better for these particular consumers or not? So having a little bit of a, a bit of a scientific approach to it and yes, having great creative and execution, but then also measuring what's being successful to replicate good results in the future. Which leads me right to my next question I want to ask you is, obviously, I want to make the plug here and note that we are not sponsored, you know, by any company. Uh, we're not. We don't take any, you know, advertisement, nothing from any organization or, um, you know, or just to put that out there, because I do want to ask resources that are available, you know, where, when you're doing research, when it comes to data or when it comes to measuring success, what resources are available for organizations to start getting into some of those details that, uh, you know, they can see and start pinpointing, Hey, this is working. This isn't working. Right. So there are a number of free resources that a business can use. They're, they're, the resources are on a freemium model. So you can do a little bit for free. They'll tell you, you know, this is where you're doing well. This is your, say your uh, mobile speed is slow, but then if you want recommendations on how to improve it, then usually you need to open an account and um, uh, make a payment so that that's how they make their money. So there are any time you can just even, you can just do a search online to figure out, you know, free tool, uh, you know, search engine optimization or social media sentiment analysis. So whatever you put in, you can find some free resources to get started and then decide if you want to engage in a contract with a company that can help you if you don't have expertise in-house to manage these things. You know, finally, as we begin to wrap up, I, I would love to get your perspective because obviously you see trends, you are in, in the minutia of the day-to-day of social media, um, and you teach it. So I think this is just a really fun question I would love to get your perspective on is where do you see is social media evolving to? You know, how does the future of social media become? You know, what are you seeing, uh, you know, from where you started to now? Are you able to make some predictions of what the future could look like? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think an area that's interesting is augmented reality because it's been around for a while and it gets used to a limited degree, but it's not reached its full potential. So I think back to, for those who will remember, you know, Second Life, that was the big thing for virtual reality. And it was, you know, Harvard was offering courses in there and there's business in there. And it seemed, you know, just like this was going to take right off, but it really did kind of plateau and stayed there and then even you know, we don't hear about it so much anymore. I think the most recent I thought heard of it was um, an episode of The Office where Dwight had an avatar of an avatar in Second Life. So that's an example of, you know, where can it go? So augmented reality, I think, is one that I guess the jury of consumers is still out, whether people are going to embrace it. 
the degree to which biz, uh, brands can connect with consumers and engage in that physical space uh, with augmented reality, I think that would be very interesting to see where that can go. And then the other one would be artificial intelligence. I do think this has a promising future. So it's the idea that a machine, for example, can learn based on your behavior, how to best predict what you need and what you can do next. So it starts with you know, being able to reserve a table at a restaurant and it knows based on the day of the week you normally come and the time and what you'll order, these all get set up in advance for you. But then as this AI becomes more advanced and intuitive to kind of anticipate your needs before they're even there. So I think that's another element that we might see already in social media where you're getting posts or connections for things right before even when you would be considering them. So it keeps a step ahead and it's almost like you're talking to another person. Brian Vandershee, professor of marketing at the Kelly School of Business. Just want to thank you so much again uh, for your time spending it here with us on the ROI podcast. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.